to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm Julie Graham. I'm a single boy mom to one four-year-old little boy. I'm also the author of multiple social media posts every single day. Oh, you are. I know. I'm busy. Yeah, you are busy, and I'm so <laughs> impressed. And I am Darlie Brock, and I am the mother of two grown daughters, and I am the author of a book. <laughs> See, that's so much more legit. What's your book called? Uh, Raising Great Girls, Help for Moms to Raise Confident, Capable Daughters. I said it wrong. You No, you said it right. I did? <laughs> You just forgot the last tagline, perfection not required. And it's not. You know, I love that title because we just sat around a table with our team and it took a while to land on it. We did. I mean, we're proud of it now. Yeah, see, the book really is a joint effort. It really is. (laughs) I mean, let's be real. You did the most effort. We just came in at the end and said, no, let's call it something different. Exactly. Uh, Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but let's just zone in on the struggle, the joy, the chaos of parenting kids. Oh, and it is all of the above. Mm, All of the above. Um, I mean, we wanted to start with some light parenting tips for moms of boys and girls, because there's plenty of parenting that kind of crosses all genders in the um, the difficulty and the fun of it, right? Yep, for sure. So I'm going to give you one. Nothing good ever comes from letting a toddler sit naked on the couch. <laughs> it doesn't. It's true. I, I mean, <laughs> once in a while, if I'm changing clothes and Link's naked for a minute, I'm like, oh, you're so cute. And then it's like, oh, hurry, get clothes on because this idea. is going to go downhill quickly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> When your kid says they're going to puke, believe them. Oh, always. <sighs> My kid's a puker. Is it's he? annoying. Yeah. I mean, he's a car puker, oh, and yeah. that is not fun. Yeah, nothing like spewing mm. out of the car seat. I mean, it happened at your house before when we were visiting <laughs> you in the mountains because you live a mile up a winding road that, you know, my kid just can't stomach it. No, no. We'll have to drug him before he comes up again. <laughs> For real. <laughs> no, sorry, moms. Didn't mean that. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Got a good one because I've been through the teen years. Tell your teen that you hid $100 in their room and they can only get it if they clean it. Oh, my goodness. That is a genius idea. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I think I'd have to probably say I put a 20 because my kid's going to know I don't have $100 bills to be <laughs> hiding around his room. <laughs> Yeah, but the reality is when you have a teen with a nightmare room, you might skip groceries. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be able to afford to hide a a Benjamin. Exactly. That's so smart. This has happened to me. Never give away your kids' toys because you think they forgot about them because suddenly they're looking for that toy. Oh, isn't that the truth? Haven't played with that toy for 18 months, two years. doesn't Mm. matter. All of a sudden they want it. Lincoln will randomly bring up baby toys. And he'll even say, remember that one baby toy I had? What happened to that? (laughs) 
And I'm like, well, let's just focus on the fact that you called it a baby toy and you are now a little boy. So, egg Yeah, there's another baby who's loving it somewhere. Yes, we've moved 15 times. We are not keeping all of the things. We are not going to be those people. Yeah. Uh, And I love this one. There's no use crying over spilt milk. I mean, unless it's breast milk. Um, No use crying over (laughs) spilled milk because your tears should be saved for brightly colored juices. And that is the truth. The one time you think, oh, they're old enough. They can hold their drink on their own and they're not going to drop it. Yeah, it doesn't matter what spill-proof cup. No. Yes. They'll find a way to make a mess. They will. (laughs) Those little gremlins. (laughs) Um, Motherhood. It's a walk in the park. Jurassic Park. It is. (laughs) And any mom that denies that is delusional. (laughs) Or lying. (laughs) Yeah. Straight up lying. Well, today we are going to talk a little bit more about your book, Dar, um, because it's full of so much wisdom. It's been out for a couple months and we're getting great feedback from our friends who have been reading it and applying it. And so we kind of want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, As we transition into talking about the book, I do want to do one more quote because you know I just love quotes. Yeah, because you write them all day long. and It's literally, I'm good in in 140 (laughs) plus character snippets, Um, but this is for the girl moms out there. We posted this recently at the Grit and Grace Project and all the girl mamas were loving it. I want my daughter to grow up to be a strong woman. I just need to survive living with her first. (laughs) There is such truth in that Such truth. And so speaking to a woman who has been there, you raised confident, capable girls and have lived to tell about it and actually went ahead and wrote down how you did it. We are ready to get our pens out and get all the wisdom and the practical tips from a strong mom who has done the deal. Let me start here, moms, because I have hindsight, because I can look back. I'm in a, I'm in a great position to go, you, you really can do this and you will really screw it up sometimes <laughs> and you'll really get it right sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's all part of it. And it's good. But, you know, looking back, I learned a lot, but in the trenches, I learned a lot. Yeah. I love that. You just said like, there is that balance of you're going to, you're going to mess it up a lot, but you're also going to get it right a lot. And I know as a mom, not even, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm raising a boy. I need to hear that. I'm going to get it right more than I get it wrong, but it's a balance of both. And just to keep, keep moving forward and trusting your gut and relying on advice from women who have been there like yourself. So you wrote about the 13 jobs that a mom has to do in order to raise great girls. Now, has anyone said they're freaked out by that at first? Oh, the idea sure. that there's yeah, lots I think of jobs? You may have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but there are 13 different jobs that really, you're not doing them all at once. Um, they're over the span of, I would say, from four years old until they get into their teen years mm-hmm. in different subjects at different times. You're mm-hmm. not going to talk to your two-year-old about sex, um, but you are going to, yeah, <laughs> you really hope not, um, but you are going to talk to your, you know, 12-year-old mm-hmm. about some of these subjects. Yeah. So it, there are different times that you have to deal with them. And you're never going to do any of them perfectly, which I love that we made sure to include in the title that perfection is not required for any of these jobs. No, it's not. And, you know, I'll just give you a personal story here. We refer to um, my youngest daughter's preteen, early teen years as the dark years. We all do. We say, <laughs> affectionately. Oh, affectionately call at this them point, that? it's affectionately. Those were the dark years. Um, but we, my husband and I were trying to make a special day on her birthday, and we took her out. We had just moved, 
and she just had attitude all over the place. There was nothing we could do that was right, nothing. So we're driving away from all of the events that we had planned, and there was this dark child in the back seat, you know, <laughs> brooding, brooding. Yes. And we could not get through, and I completely lost it. Mm. I told my husband, virtually at the top of my lungs, pull the car over because I'm getting out. I cannot breathe this is the same airspace with my daughter. <laughs> And happy so, birthday to you. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> so, you know, basically he wheels into a parking lot because I'm hysterical and I walk the parking lot for about 10 minutes and I get back in the car and get calm. So I'm saying, moms, my daughter and I have a great relationship. She is an amazing girl. And that one moment in time did not destroy at all. Absolutely. Um, real quick, if you guys haven't heard episode 54 yet, we actually... Um, did a fun show where we brought your daughters on and they got to actually talk about what it was like being raised by you. Um, that one, it, we'll link to it in the show notes, but it was called, How Can You Raise Great Girls? Darlene's Daughters Tell All. And I love how you guys really did share memories of both your mom fails, as we like to call them, <laughs> but did. also the the way that they were able to honestly speak of all the things that you did that they believe um, led to them being the confident and capable, strong women that they are today. Yeah, Lots of really great moments in that one. But you you're right. You're gonna. You're still gonna have those hard moments where you're gonna look back and say, "That maybe wasn't my best." But I have plenty of moments that I know um, were about connection with my girl. Absolutely. So, yep. So there are 13 jobs you talk about in the book, and then you also did three bonus chapters in this book. Tell us a little bit about those because yeah. I think they're unique. They're for dads. I did three specifically for dads. Jobs that I think um, moms often have to do. Single moms have to do. Uh, you know, or find a man who can do these in your child's life, but. If your husband or the man in your life can do this, it means so much to the little girl. Mm -hmm. And I tried to make them short, not difficult <laughs> reads, you know. Yeah. So you can just hand the book to your man and say, hey, there's a few pages for three chapters that I want you to read and be able to kind of think through as we parent this this girl together. Yeah, I did an interview recently with Ryan Dobson, and he told me he exacto knifed those out of the book to oh, read separately. Funny. And my response was, "And you destroyed my book. Thank you very much." <laughs> you know, but that's I thought awesome. it was brilliant. What a way to go! Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and talk through some of the chapters that you cover in the book. I mean, our friends are going to want to click the link in the show notes to get onto Amazon and get their own copy of the book. Um, but you don't have a problem giving some free advice right now and talking through a few of the jobs that moms have to do throughout their life and just kind of giving some, um, some tips to yeah. the moms who are in the trenches. Absolutely. The first one that I addressed in the book, and I think every mom has to address in real life, is the coach. You have to be the coach of your child. So tell me what that means. I mean, I've never coached anything in my life, so... Well, neither had I, and oh, okay, I'm not good. an athlete, and so there's there's no real, you know, real life in this. But there really is. Um, coaches, they're the ones that inspire the team. Mm -hmm. They make the rules. Uh, they set the plays and they bench their players. I like it. I like it. So how does that practically play out? Some maybe an example of you coaching your girls. It can be different things at different times. And that's not necessarily the age of your daughter. It's more the situation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you literally have to bench them. Okay, let's say you have a two-year-old who you are shopping. And of course, what do they do? But a complete meltdown. Yep. A total like meltdown. Clockwork. Okay. Every time. <laughs> Absolutely. So is it 
their sin nature showing its ugly head? <laughs> or is it that you haven't fed them recently mm-hmm. because you've had too many things to do and you forgot lunch? Or are they exhausted? So as a coach, you kind of have to go, all right, do I need to just reset this play? Mm-hmm. Do I need to take them home and put them to bed? Or do I need to bench them because this is blatant disobedience? Yeah. So, you know, in any situation, you kind of have to look at it and determine which action you take as the coach of your child. Totally. I love that. I love that you even commented in this chapter that it's more about um, their character than the actions. And that as the coach, you're really trying to develop their character over action. Yeah. I think sometimes we get so focused on what they're doing right or wrong that we're not spending the necessary time to build who they are. You know, who they are will determine whether they act right or wrong. It's like when you coach a player and you build their individual talents, then they become a better player. Um, And I think as a mother, you do the same thing, that you are looking to, are they kind? Even though they left their toy in the store and you have to go back and find it. (laughs) Are they thoughtful? Are they compassionate? Are they, you know, is their tenderheartedness putting them in you know, situations that you wish they weren't, but you want them to be tenderhearted at the same time. You want to guide them around things or experiences they may not need to be in. When I think of this kind of coach job, I also think of how, and I think you've touched on it a little bit, the coach needs to be able to give direction to each player that's unique to them. And so some, some coaches, you know, need with some of their, um, what do you call them? students, athletes, whatever. <laughs> so see, is so not, you know, I'm trying to make this sports thing work. You know, it's hard for this diva over here. Um, you need to figure out what connects with your child and use that tactic yeah. to their betterment. Absolutely. Some, some children need to feel encouraged and supported and they respond to that more than they do parameters or, or, you know, discipline Mm -hmm. or actions that you say you're not doing that. So, um, so you're absolutely right. I think it is individualizing how you handle every single child that you have. All right. So that's coach. Um, I want to actually just pull a quote from the chapter that I think really sums up this, this job that a mom has to do. And you said, if the players have a good coach who leads them well, their good decisions become much easier and their bad decisions less desirable. And that's what we want as parents, right? We want to teach our kids how to make good decisions so that one day we've talked about this before one day they grow up and leave the house (laughs) and they can be trusted to do that. Well, right. And they're equipped to do it. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. What's another chapter that you want to unpack a little bit here? Um, that's important as Mm -hmm. you're raising great girls. I think with girls in this season, the uh, professor of gender studies is really important Mm -hmm. because we uh, have so many influences coming at them on what a woman should or shouldn't be, what a woman looks like. Mm -hmm. And it may or may not be what you think you want your daughter to grow up perceiving. Yeah, we're definitely in a unique day culturally when it comes to gender studies. I mean, the fluidity of gender and mm-hmm. the controversy of gender um, has become such an issue. I'm a couple generations behind you, and I there's I don't remember this being a thing when I was growing up, um, and so I'll be raising my boy, 
in a day where this is a this is a significant political cultural issue and so i love that you literally start this chapter off saying that you mom must be the first person to educate your daughter in gender studies providing a curriculum that explores and debates gender as one of the most fundamental facts of our existence so kind of give us a little snapshot of you know how you think a mom has to handle this well i think and we've talked about it several times julie the equal not identical mm -hmm you know, view of life is where, where we stand. We believe in that women are equal, but, you know, unfortunately it's been interpreted quite often as we are exactly like, or should be like, mm -hmm. or should be antagonistic toward the other gender. And, you know, I'm saying number one, it's not a competition between genders. One mm -hmm. doesn't have to be superior over the other. We are mm -hmm. equal. So we're in it together. And two, you know, just because you are a woman doesn't mean you do or don't have to do whatever and abandon either your heart or your nature mm -hmm. or what God created every woman to be. And that's something very unique. And I think we need to teach our daughters that it is wonderful to be a woman. So yeah. treasure the female part of you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's one of the strengths at the Grit and Grace Project that we just continue on to want to drive home is that we certainly believe in strong women and want to encourage and empower the strength of a woman, but we don't believe you have to diminish the importance and the value of men and their unique values and contributions to society in order to say that women can be strong. But it seems like culturally the conversation has become women have been um you know undervalued for so long that now it's time for the rise of women in such a way that men have to be disrespected i'll just say disrespected mm -hmm. in order to make that happen and we just we just can't get behind that thinking no we can't and and i don't think we should i think that with our daughters especially we need to raise them to respect everyone absolutely to respect everyone and at the same time to treasure their own worth you absolutely. know to understand that they are unique and have their own abilities and their own gifts and you know the gender studies thing isn't doesn't exclude the fact that they may actually be able to fix the car mm -hmm. it doesn't mean they can't break out the miter saw it doesn't mean <laughs> That they can't be it's a been lawyer. A while since you mentioned your miter saw I know, on here. I that still was so like fun. It. Yeah, I still <laughs> like my saw. Um, but you know, it doesn't mean any of those things. It simply means that they can be confident, you know, building a piece of furniture and being, a, you know, a woman who wants to nurture her children at the same time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the other thing that has really come on in the last few years is gender fluidity, mm -hmm. and the fact that. You know, genders cannot be defined or shouldn't be defined, that there is a choice within it. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, there's not, you yeah. know. And one thing that I do unpack in the book is the fact that, you know, biologically, mm. we are different, okay? Physically, we are different, not just our DNA, but our, our even, you know, the way we're made physically, um, and the way our brains handle things are, is different. You know, there's, there's white matter and gray matter in our brains and they're different in men and women. Yeah. So, you know, in the chrome, I mean, my whole life chromosomes, think about it. We've always said male, female, mm -hmm. and now we're trying to say that's not true. And I think that's kind of sad because yeah. I think we should treasure the fact that yeah. we are each made unique 
and different gender wise so we can complement one another and you know fighting over the well you're going to choose your gender I, you know I, it's not even it's not in any way reality or truth yeah absolutely and and that's hard in today's day it's hard to to stand up and say that that's the line you want to draw. Um, and, and I love that you actually, you know, um, were willing to tackle this topic. And I think this chapter alone might be part of the reason somebody's adding this book to their cart right now, because this has become such a big conversation and moms are confused on how to handle it, but they know they have to handle it. And so I just want to say thanks for writing it because I think that, um, it is such an important conversation that moms need to be prepared, um, and helped on how to walk through it. Well, and this conversation along with several others in the book, I did not want to write any of this to get into an argument or a fight or an I'm right or you're wrong. I really wanted to just say, moms, here's here's some reasons why you feel the way you do and you want to present to your daughter the way you want to present. Here's some of the facts yeah. that you can, but, but that doesn't mean you're going to go beat somebody else up for their attitudes. That oh simply goodness. means you are raising your daughter Absolutely. with what you believe to be true. Yeah. Just giving a mom the tools that she can then use when those conversations come up because they're going to come up. And then I think you're right. You got to teach them how to respect people who maybe are holding a different value without needing to agree and believe the same thing. Absolutely. Which that right there is the challenge of motherhood. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, I'm going to quote something from this chapter before we go on to the next one. You said in the book on gender studies, science proves that genders are indeed different. Life proves what those differences are and how delightful and complementary they can be. I actually like that. I know. <laughs> well, good job. You wrote it. <laughs> Thank you. I think we've got time for one more. Can we Can we do another one? Yeah. One of my favorites when I was raising my girls is what I call creative counselor. And that is helping each daughter find her gifts mm-hmm. and talents and interests and, you know, nurturing her creativity or whatever that she pursued and recognizing that it didn't have to be who I was. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be what my mother or another woman in our life thought my daughter should be. Mm -hmm. It is going, oh, okay, you, Lauren, look at you. You love these things. Well, let's just keep going with them. And you, Chelsea, your talents and temperament lean this way. Well, let's Mm -hmm. see what kind of mining I can do of what your interests are. Yeah. And this, I mean, I'll admit this is hard. I can look at my little boy and see the similarities he has with me. And I can find myself wanting to bring those out more because it'll be easier for me. And I have to catch myself and appreciate the things I see in him that are similar to me, but then also be okay with the areas one where his boyness is showing because <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty girly. We all are okay with that. Um, and you know, now I'm a single mom raising a boy and I, I want to be careful to let him be a boy. Um, but I also want to look for those things that he really does enjoy and encourage that in him. And so, um, I could imagine raising like you did having two girls, you probably had to stop yourself from trying to do them the same. Yeah. Absolutely. And to want them to be what you are. Now, both of my girls as adults, one is in film, which in the other episode you'll hear a little bit about. The other is a school teacher. Mm -hmm. They both have followed their hearts and their abilities. Um, But while they were growing up, we were building our businesses and I was working full time. 
it could have been very easy for me of my generation to look at my daughters and say, if you're going to be a stay-at-home mom, you might be shortchanging yourself mm -hmm. because look at the full life that I've had and the career that I've built. And instead, I wanted them to be whatever and pursue whatever yeah. they were supposed to do. And I think that's, that's part of it is if you're a mother who stayed at home and raised your children, but you end up having a career daughter who wants to be a lawyer, mm. be okay. Yeah. Be okay with that. Just because they don't do it like you is probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have raised them to follow their own path, you've done a good job. What's a way that a mom can help figure out what some of those passions and unique things that her daughter has? Yeah, I don't think you put them in everything and in a role, in them in everything, because you will simply lose your mind. We mm -hmm. have all lost our minds at various mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. You observe them. You give them opportunities to see and experience things. You take them to a play and see if they're bored out of their minds and ready to leave. You take, you let them go outside and do they go to the basketball goal or do they go to the sidewalk chalk? Mm -hmm. Do they take apart their toys and rebuild them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I had one that oh, yeah. did. I had the other that just wanted to dance in the middle of the living room because she liked to be the center of attention. <laughs> um, no idea who those two are. <laughs> yeah, not at all. But what I'm saying, Julie, is let the natural things in life help you point them in direction. So if they go out and do the sidewalk chalk, if they love the art projects, well, find some art classes to put them in. Mm -hmm. If they, you know, want to tackle the neighbor boys or their brothers in a football game, then put them in athletics, yeah. you know? But don't think you have to put them in an art class and a music class and sign them up for t-ball. And Yeah, I'm exhausted just thinking about exactly. that. Exactly. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Just watch and determine. Now, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Okay. How do you balance creative counselor with coach? Where is the line of we've signed up for this thing and, you know, now we're three weeks in. I can tell you don't like it. Are you of the mindset that they stick to it for however long that first commitment is, or you pull them out because they don't like it? I'm asking because I'm deathly afraid of putting Lincoln into his first sports because I don't, frankly, I don't want to add something to my life agenda. <laughs> but you know, if he, if when I get there and I feel comfortable adding that, if he doesn't like it, do I have to make him stick it out because I'm coaching him? What do I do? Um, I did at least the first commitment. That yeah. doesn't mean it's long-term. But, you know, at least one season. And I think you set your child up for that. You mm -hmm. say, all right, let's make this decision together. Do you actually want to do, do this? Do you want to? I'm if not you making do, you. <laughs> right, exactly. If you do, I'm all in. And if I'm all in, that means you're all in too. Yeah. So here's how long it is. Here's how many games there are. Or here's how long the music, you know, class is or whatever. So if you find you hate it in the middle... Well, too bad because life's not like that. Yeah. You know, you have to go the long haul. Now, if at the end of it, it's not working for you, we move on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'll have to remind me of that when okay. I finally decided to oh, Lincoln no. in this no, no. sport. Let me just throw this in. In the middle of it, when they're whining and complaining and you're th dragging uh, them into the car, you go, did I really mean that? Did I really? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so I will feel that you way. You will but then feel that way. You'll Everybody say, is. Mom, you committed you to it, do, and yeah. you told your kid you committed to so it. So you got to do it. Oh, Mom. Yeah. Mothering is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else on the creative council you want to mention? I think, like with my daughters and with every family, is don't expect your children to be alike. Mm. Don't expect them to have the same talents or the same interests or, you know, even the same attitudes towards. So you really do not only have to not make them like you, you have to not make them like each other. Yeah. So we're actually just talking about this being overwhelmed by adding things to your schedule. I could see with having two, well, one's already in baseball. So we're doing the other in baseball or, you know, one likes tap. And so we're just doing tap because I don't want to have to be all over the place and, you know, in different places. Is that, I mean, you just kind of got to make it work. Well, and I think you make it work, but you also go, okay, tap can start again after the baseball season's Mm -hmm. over. Yeah. So, you know, don't only manage their lives, manage yours. Mm-hmm. So you can not die in the process of over <laughs> overachieving. So, you know, manage the schedule a little bit. Yeah. You know, don't think, well, I have to do it all at once. Yeah. That's a, actually a real quick nod to the time manager. So I'm thankful to report that there is a full <laughs> chapter on time manager. Actually, they can get that chapter for free, can't they? Don't you give that one out for free on your I website? I do. I do. Yeah. So as you're thinking about how much you need this book, do know that you can click into the show notes right now to or go right to DarleneBrock.com and get a free download of her time manager chapter. I love to hear you say, though, that you've got to figure out how to manage it. Nobody's doing all the things at once once. Um, can I quote you for the creative counselor chapter? Sure. I love this one. Don't spend time fighting the unimportant battles. If you do, you'll lose the real war. Instead, be creative, allow uniqueness and watch your daughters flourish into a genuinely great girl. And they will, Julie, Mm. they will. You definitely proved it. Yeah. So, I mean, motherhood is honestly just a constant state of (sighs) sitting down, getting back up, moving one step forward, recognizing that you maybe just messed that area up, but you're making progress here. And I I think sometimes we just need to be encouraged that yes, it's overwhelming and hard, but we're doing it well when we just continue to be committed to our children. Yeah. And you know, I did outline the book as jobs, but here's what I want to say about the job of motherhood. I've done all kinds of things in life, but there's nothing I am more thankful and proud of than raising my daughters. That's sweet. And I think you've done a great job. And I I love that your heart is to encourage other moms that, you know, you can do lots of things with your life. And you definitely are of the opinion that being a career woman and a mom is a beautiful choice and that there should be no guilt attached to that. But that also doesn't mean that you can't be an excellent mom at the same time. And so um, I love how this is such a practical guidebook for the mom who wants to be able to do those things. And so anything else you want to say before I just send them right to Amazon to get a copy of the book? No. Well, I do want to tell them that if they don't take anything else from this book, I want them to know it's a job they can do. Mm-hmm. They won't do it perfectly. Mm-mm. I didn't. They won't do it like every other mom. They shouldn't. Yeah. They need to be their mom for their daughter. And that's, that's all. That's all. And they're going to get it right. Absolutely. All right. So I'm pretty sure everyone who's listening, especially if she's a girl mom now wants a copy for herself and a few copies for friends. Excellent Christmas gift, by the way. So let's give some away. 
You good ah, with that? Yeah, love it. All right, so I think we should do another contest because I love when we do contests on our social media for the Grit and Grace Project, mainly because I just love to interact with our friends on our social media accounts. So we're going to do a contest that if you already have the book, we'd love to see you with your book or a fun way of you sharing a picture of your book and be sure to tag us, use our hashtag grit and grace life and hashtag raising great girls. And we're going to give away 10 copies. So between now, uh, October 23rd through November 6th, everyone who enters by sharing a photo of the book will have the opportunity to win another copy of the book to give to a friend. You like it? Yeah, I like it. But you know what? I'd like to give away some to some people who don't have them, some moms who would like to have it. So can we do that too, Julie? Oh, what a great idea. Oh, sure. (laughs) All right. Um, I like this thinking off the top of my head. Here we go. How about you have actually on your Instagram, which we'll link to it in the show notes, you have several quotes that are from the book. So if you don't yet have the book, you can enter by resharing one of those quotes from Darlene's Facebook or Instagram pages. So share one of the quotes that has the book on it and explain why you're excited to enter to win a copy of the book. And yeah, you can have the opportunity to win a copy for yourself or for someone else. Great Perfect. idea, Dar. Perfect. Love you're it. You're so generous. Aww. So we can't wait to see your entries. And like I said, you have until November 6th to enter to win. We got to close this thing down with a quote. How do you feel about quoting yourself? Uh, I yeah. mean, you've got you, to be you probably need to it, put it right? in front of me because I never remember what I said. <laughs> That's so true. All right. I won't make you quote yourself, okay, but good, we're going to quote you. Okay. Darlene Brock in Raising Great Girls said, your daughter was given to you and you to your girl. You and your girl are not perfect people, but you are a perfect match. All right, mamas. Here's to another week of Raising Great Girls or Boys with Grit and Grace. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.